Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Testing. One, two, three. Three, two, one. Testing, testing, testing. All right. Welcome to Empty Cross Ministries Daily Devotional Time. I'm Brother David. The name of the program is King James Version Exposed. Because we use the King James Version, we look at each verse, break it down, bring it to life, and expose the meaning. Today we're going to be looking at the Minor Prophet of Micah, Chapter 1. Before we get to that, I would encourage you to read along with and follow along with Antichrist Ministries Daily Bible Reading Plan. That can be found on our website at www.EmptyCrossMinistries.com, on Empty Cross Ministries Facebook page, Empty Cross Ministries group Facebook page, as well as my own personal Facebook page, and on our Twitter account at uh, Empty at Empty Cross Ministries on Twitter. Before we get to our Scripture and our study, let's open up with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the night of rest. We thank you for the rain that's falling in this area that will provide moisture base for the crops that we will harvest in the fall time. Father, we thank you for your preserved word. We ask that you open our hearts and our minds to its decrees, to its lessons, to its commands that you have for us in these scriptures that we're going to be looking at today. Father, forgive us when we fall short of your glory, whether it be in word, thought, or deed. Father, be with those that we have elected to represent us, to represent us in this nation. Ask that you put your Holy Spirit upon them. Make your peace come upon them and make them receptive to your laws and your decrees and your commands, that they might follow you. Father, thank you for sending your son Jesus to die on the cross in our place. It's in his name we ask these things. Amen. All right. Let's get right to Micah chapter 1. Micah was a prophet of the southern tribes. Isaiah was a prophet in Judah and Hosea in Israel at the same time. Micah was the penman of this book. He prophesied under King under King Jotham, Jotham's, Ahaz's, and Hezekiah's rings. The name Micah means who is like Jehovah. He lived in the territory of Judah, but spoke to the ten tribes of Israel as well as to the two tribes of Judah. The definition of true religion is found in Micah chapter 6, verse 8. He hath showed thee, O man, what is good, and what doth the Lord require of thee, but to do justly, and to love mercy, and to walk humbly with thy God. He foretold 
the fall of Samaria and Jerusalem. He prophesied the birth of Jesus in Micah chapter 5 verse 2. And it reads, But thou, Bethlehem Ephratah, though thou be little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of thee shall he come forth unto me that is to be ruler in Israel, whose goings forth have been from of old, from everlasting. I need to get a drink of water here real quick. Micah 1 chapter, Micah chapter 1 verse 1 reads, The word of the Lord that came to Micah, the Morisothite, in the days of Jotham, Ahaz, and Hezekiah, kings of Judah, which he saw concerning Samaria and Jerusalem. Morisothite was located southwest of Jerusalem, near the Philistine city of Gath. We see that in chapter 1, verse 14. Samaria and Jerusalem, the two seats of government of the northern and southern kingdoms, respectively, are addressed. The capitals are the seats of corruption, which filter down to and infected the entire kingdoms. We see the authority that Micah prophesies with in this first verse, the word of the Lord. Moresethite or Mores or Moresaeth Gath is a village in the lowlands of Judea. It was located about twenty miles southwest of Jerusalem. The names of the kings of Judah are listed here because his primary message was to them. Samaria was the capital of Israel, and Jerusalem was the capital of Judah. Verses 2 through 7. The prophet summons all the nations. We see that verse 2. The prophet summons all the nations of the world into court to hear charges against Samaria and Judah. We see that in verses 5 through 7. And look at Isaiah chapter 3, verses 13 and 14. Their destruction was to be a warning, example to the nations, prefiguring God's judgment on all who sin against him as an omnipotent conqueror, the sovereign over all creation is assured of victory. Look at verses 3 and 4. Micah chapter 1 verse 2 reads, Hear, all ye people, hearken, O earth, and all that therein is, and let the Lord God be witness against you, the Lord from his holy temple. His holy temple. The context points to God's heavenly throne. Look at Psalm 11, verse 4, and Isaiah chapter 6, verses 1 and 4. This message is for sinners everywhere and for all time, as well as to Judah and Israel. This is saying that they should pay careful attention because whatever happens to the ten tribes of Israel has a bearing on all of humanity. This should set an example to warn everyone to repent and turn away from sin. No one is exempt from punishment when the sin is the worship of false gods. Verses 3 and 4. High places, mountains, 
These could refer to key military positions so crucial to Israel's defense or to the pagan places of worship in the land. Look at verse 5. When fortifications disappeared like melted wax, people were gripped by the terrifying reality that they were to answer to the judge of all the earth. Look at Genesis chapter 18, verse 25, and Amos chapter 4, verses 12 through 13. Micah chapter 1, verse 3 reads, For behold, the Lord cometh forth out of his place, and will come down and tread upon the high places of the earth. The Lord cometh forth down, a warning of impending divine judgment by one who sits in the ultimate high place. The sins of Israel had risen up to heaven. God is above the highest place on the earth. He is Almighty God. His place, spoken of here, is His throne in heaven. One reason the high places are mentioned as being tread upon by the Lord is is because they were places of false worship. Micah chapter 1 verse 4 reads, And the mountains shall be molten under him, and the valleys shall be cleft, as wax before the fire, and as the waters that are poured down a steep place. As Sinai was when he descended on it, and as all nations will be at the general conflagration. But here the words are to be taken, not literally, but figuratively. For the kingdoms of Israel and Judah, and for the kings and princes and great men in them that lifted up their heads as high and thought themselves as secure as mountains. Yet when judgments of God should fall upon them, their hearts would melt through fear under him. As wax before the fire melts and cannot stand the force of it, so the mountains should melt at the presence of the Lord, and kingdoms and states, and the greatest and mightiest of men in them would not be able to stand before the fierceness of his wrath. Look at Psalm 68, verse 2. So should the judgments of God come down upon the lower sort of people, the inhabitants of the valleys, neither high nor low, would escape the indignation of the Lord, or be able to stand against it, or stand up under it. The mountain being molten makes you think of a volcano erupting. This speaks of a terrible time of calamity. This is the very thing that happens when a volcano erupts. The lava pours down the sides of the mountains like a stream of water. Micah chapter 1 verse 5 reads, For the transgression of Jacob is all this, and for the sins of the house of Israel. What is the transgression of Jacob? Is it not Samaria? And what are the high places of Judah? Are they not Jerusalem? Samaria and Jerusalem, the two capitals of Israel and Judah, here representative of their respecting nations. Their transgression that had angered God so greatly was apostasy. They had gone away from their first love, God Almighty, and were worshiping false gods and idols. This does not speak of just the ten tribes of Israel, 
but includes the two tribes of Judah and Benjamin. In fact, it could easily be speaking of our churches today as well. The sad thing is that many of us are Christians in name only. We are not sold out to God. We let things of the world take precedence over God. Verses 6 and 7. The Lord spoke directly of the fall of Samaria at the hands of the Assyrians around 722 B.C. Micah chapter 1 verse 6 reads, Therefore I will make Samaria as a heap of the field and as plantings of the vineyard, and I will pour down the stones thereof into the valley, and I will discover the foundations thereof. As a field plowed and laid in heaps, look at Micah chapter 3 verse 12, or as stones gathered out of a field, and out of a vineyard planted and laid in a heap, so should this city become a heap of stones and rubbish, being utterly demolished. This being done according to the will of God and through his instigation of Shalmanazar, king of Assyria, to it, and by his providence succeeding his army that besieged it, is said to be done by him. With this agrees the Vulgate Latin version, the stones of the buildings and walls of the city, which being on a hill and pulled down, rolled into the valley, and with as much swiftness and force as waters run down a steep place, as in Micah chapter 1 verse 4, where the same word is used as here, the foundations thereof, which should be fused up and left bare, not one stone, should be upon another, so that there should be no traces and footsteps of the city remain, and it should be difficult to know the place where it stood. This is expressive of the total desolation and utter destruction of it. This speaks of terrible destruction. Actually, stones do pour down into the valley when a volcano erupts. They were also thrown down in battle. Samaria will be totally destroyed, and when this destruction is over, it will be a barren land. I need to get another drink of water here. Micah chapter 1, verse 7. And all the graven images thereof shall be beaten to pieces, and all the hires thereof shall be burned with the fire. And all the idols thereof will I lay desolate, for she gathered it of the hire of a harlot, and they shall return to the hire of an harlot. The hire of a harlot. Centers of idolatry were financed primarily through payments of money, food, and clothing. Look at Genesis chapter 38, uh, verses 17 and 18. Ezekiel chapter 16, verses 10 and 11, Hosea chapter 2, verses 8 to 9, and Hosea chapter 3, verse 1. The harlot spoken of here is the harlot wife of God, which is Israel. God looked upon idolatry as spiritual adultery. They were unfaithful to God, their husband. The Assyrians are just as idolatrous as Israel and they will get these idols for themselves. Verses 8-16 through 16, The judgment was so great that even the prophet 
lamented as he traced the enemy's irreversible invasion. Look at verse 9. Micah chapter 1 verse 8 reads, Therefore I will wail and howl. I will go stripped and naked. I will make a wailing like the dragons and mourning as the owls. Wailing and going about naked were signs of deep mourning. This is speaking of the sorrow of Micah at the destruction which was to come. He is trying to convey the magnitude of the destruction that God will bring upon these people if they do not repent and return to the one true God. Micah chapter 1 verse 9 reads, For her wound, for her wound is incurable, for it has come unto Judah. He has come unto the gate of my people, even to Jerusalem. The gate of my people, Assyria, under Sennacherib, came close to toppling Judah in 701 B.C. We see that in 2 Kings chapter 18, verses 13 through 27. It is best to see my, in reference to my good, not God, contrary to some translations. God will not show mercy to them. Israel will be destroyed. The terrible thing is that Judah has become involved in the same sins, and they will not be spared either. The destruction of Judah is much later, but prophets do not know the exact time of the fulfillment of their prophecy. They just know it will happen. God's holy city, Jerusalem, will even be destroyed. Verses 10 through 12. Beth, Arafat, Sapphir, Zanon, Beth Ezel, and Merith are all ancient cities of Judah that have passed into obscurity. They seem to be mentioned by the prophet because by playing on the sounds and meanings of their names, he is able to graphically describe the grave effects of the Assyrian invasion of Judah. Eleven towns west of Jerusalem are mentioned in verses 10 through 15, some with a play on words. Micah chapter 1 verse 10 reads, Declare ye it not at Gath, weep ye not at all, in the house of Aphra, roll thyself in the dust. Declare ye not at Gath, reflecting of David's dirge at Saul's death that we see in 2 Samuel chapter 1 verse 20. Micah admonished them not to tell the Philistines, lest they would be glad and rejoice. Micah, because of the location of his upbringing, knew how they would react. Gath was the place of the Philistines. The people of Gath would be happy and spread the coming destruction so they do not tell them. The house of Aphra means house of dust. Rolling in the dust is a sign of extreme mourning. Micah chapter 1 verse 11 reads, Pass ye away, thou inhabitant of Saphir, having thy shame naked, the inhabitant of Zanon, came not forth in the morning of Beth Essel, he shall receive of you his standing. Zanon came, came not forth. These inhabitants, in danger and fear, would not go out to console their neighbors who had been overrun. Safir means fair city. Zanon means going out. Beth Essel means house at one side. This is speaking of shame coming upon these cities as well. 
they should take up the warning also. Micah chapter 1 verse 12 reads, For the inhabitants of Meroth waited carefully for good, but evil came down from the Lord unto the gate of Jerusalem. Evil came down. This points to the Lord as the source of judgment. Look at verses 3 and 4. Meroth means bitterness. They expected God to protect them. They did not repent, and great sorrow came to them. Micah chapter 1 verse 13 reads, O thou inhabitant of Lachish, bind the chariot to the swift beast. She is the beginning of the sin to the daughter of Zion. For the transgressions of Israel were found in thee. Lachish, sin to the daughter of Zion, located southwest of Jerusalem. Lachish was a key military fortress whose sin was dependence on military might. Sennacherib of Assyria spoiled this city. This is telling them to harness up their best horses and flee to safety in their chariots. It appears from this that Lachish was involved in the same transgressions as Israel. It also appears they caused Jerusalem to get involved as well. Micah chapter 1 verse 14 reads, Therefore shalt thou give presents to Boresh, to Boresheth Gath. The houses of Akazib shall be a lie to the kings of Israel. Shalt thou give presents. As parting gifts were given to brides. Look at 1 Kings chapter 9 verse 16. As parting gifts were given to brides, this was a symbol of the departure of Borosheth Gath into captivity. Judah is involved in the very same sins as Israel. The presents to Borosheth Gath are parting gifts. This means that Judah has given up Borosheth Gath. They have relinquished ownership. This city is given up to the enemy. Micah chapter 1 verse 15 reads, Yet will I bring an heir unto thee, O inhabitant of Mereshah, he shall come unto Adullam, the glory of Israel. The glory of Israel is a reference to the leading citizens and nobility of Israel who have been fleeing continuously before the Assyrian invasion. Adullam, the glory of Israel. The people of Israel, her glory. Look at Hosea chapter 9, verses 11 through 13. The people of Israel were to flee to the caves as David did to the cave at Adullam. Look at 2 Samuel chapter 23, verse 13. Mereshaph means inheritance. Adullam is a place in Palestine. Micah chapter 1, verse 16 reads, Make thee bald and pull thee for thy delicate children. Enlarge thy baldness as the eagle, for they are gone into captivity from thee. Make thee bald. Priests were forbidden to make themselves bald. Look at Leviticus chapter 21, verse 5. Priests were forbidden to make themselves bald, nor were the people to imitate the heathen practice of doing so. Look at Deuteronomy chapter 14, verse 1. But here it would be acceptable as a sign of deep mourning. Look at Ezra chapter 9, verse 3, Job chapter 1, verse 20. Isaiah chapter 22, verse 12. Ezekiel chapter 7, verse 18. This baldness speaks of mourning. It also speaks of adultery, 
an unfaithful wife and her head shaved so the world would know she was an adulteress. They have gone into captivity, and Micah is telling them to mourn for them. This has been Empty Cross Ministries Daily Devotional Time. I'm Brother David. The name of the program is King James Version Exposed. Once again, I would encourage you to read along with and follow along with Empty Cross Ministries Daily Bible Reading Plan. Each day there's a passage from the Old Testament and a passage from the New Testament. You will be spending maybe 10-15 minutes of reading time to get through both passages. If you do that, you will be greatly blessed and encouraged by that. I told you where to find them earlier. If you go to our website at www.emptycrossministries.com, there's a little square of three or four horizontal lines in the upper right-hand portion of your screen. You need to click on that to get to the daily Bible reading plan and to our daily devotionals there in a script form. I need to get another drink of water here. I would encourage you to do that. It's good to be greatly blessed by that. Let's close out with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we come before you seeking your grace, seeking your face, as we boldly approach your throne room, humbly unbended knee, Father, to lay petitions and praises before you, Lord. You are holy, you are just, you are true, you are righteous. Father, your justice is always true and right and is always tempered with mercy. Father, we see the sins of Judah and Israel and the pagan nations around them in these studies, Father. We ask that we not be like them, but that we seek your holiness, we seek your commands, we seek your decrees, we seek to obey your word and your commands and your laws, Lord. Father, Forgive us when we fall short of those things, whether it be in word, thought, or deed. We just ask for your mercy and your grace during those times. We ask for your strength to resist when those temptations come our way, that we might see the way that you have provided for us to have a way out of that temptation. Father, we ask that you be with those who are suffering from any kind of illness, whether it be physical, mental, emotional, or spiritual. Just put your healing touch upon them. Be with those who are facing the loss of a loved one. Just make your presence known to them in ways that only you can do, in ways that they can see, hear, feel, and understand, Lord. And that that peace that comes upon them is your peace that passes all understanding. Father, Thank you for all that you do provide for us and the ways in which you do it. Thank you for the rain that's falling. We thank you for the warmth of the sunshine, the coolness of the breeze, the majesty of the mountains, the strength that the oceans show, and the peacefulness that we find in the streams and rivers, Father. You are all-powerful, all-knowing, and ever-present. You are with us always, and we know that when troubles come, You will safely guide us out of them to safety. Father, thank you 
for sending your son Jesus to die on the cross to pay the penalty for our sins and transgressions and our shortcomings. We thank you for that, that his shed blood might hide those things from your sight. It's in his name we ask these things. Amen. Folks, stay safe, be blessed, stay in the word, and write the word upon your heart. Until next time, we look at Micah chapter 2.